Episode number 248, How to Get the Most Out of ProPresenter 7, Part 1 with Brad Weston. Let's do it. This is the definitive podcast for helping you plan, create, and execute dynamic worship experiences at your church. Useful, practical content in the areas of production, worship, communications, first impressions, and more. This is Making Sunday Happen. Well, hey guys, welcome to Making Sunday Happen, the definitive podcast for those who plan, create, and execute worship experiences. As I'm sure you've noticed, the last few months we have shifted around our podcast episodes to bring you relevant content through COVID-19, content on how to enhance your online presence, how to use Switcher Studio and Church Online Platform, bonus episodes on live streaming and leading your teams, and more. Uh, But we're going to start shifting back to regularly scheduled programming, okay? Now, we might release a few more uh, bonus episodes of the podcast, but we're going to start moving back to podcasts that we had scheduled before the corona, okay? So with that said, this week we welcome Brad Weston from Renewed Vision, and we're going to focus the next two weeks of the podcast on ProPresenter, Uh, from Renewed Vision, specifically ProPresenter 7. So this week I'll be talking with Brad, and next week I'll be talking with Marketing Director at Renewed Vision, Cody Patterson. So lots to come on ProPresenter, features of Pro7, all that. It's coming up this week and next week. But first, I want to let you know about a fantastic family worship ministry that our team has had the honor and privilege of working with over the last few years. Seeds Family Worship uh, produces word-for-word scripture songs and resources for families. Now, we've produced literally hundreds of lyric videos for their albums. We've also produced promo videos, online kids' services, graphics, and more for the Seeds team. And uh, they are great friends of mine, great friends of our ministry. And if you're looking for great resources to get your family into God's Word and content for your kids' worship experiences, I can't recommend Seeds highly enough. Uh, To learn more, just go to SeedsFamilyWorship.com. That's SeedsFamilyWorship.com. Well, here's a little bit more about Seeds, and then we'll jump right into my interview with Brad Weston from Renewed Vision. Check this out. Hey everybody, I'm Jason Hauser. I'm the founder of the Seeds Family Worship Ministry. We're here in Seeds Studio at the home church of Seeds called Lighthouse in Twin Falls, Idaho. You know, it blows my mind to think that the Seeds ministry has been in existence for 11 years, and it's amazing all that God has done. The ministry began 13 years ago at a church plant called Harpeth Community Church in Franklin, Tennessee. The children's ministry director asked me to write some scripture songs for the Vacation Bible School. Well, at the time I was producing Matthew West's first album and writing songs with him. And so the music we were creating, this pop rock high energy music, really spilled over into the Seeds Family worship music. So I took these songs that I wrote, went and led worship for Vacation Bible School. And I remember that Friday as I stood on the stage singing these songs for the kids. And I remember singing 1 Timothy 4.12, the song Young. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. Set an example for the believers. And I watched every kid and every adult in the room sing the words, and I realized then how powerful music is in helping get God's Word in the hearts of kids and adults. So Seeds really began as a ministry for kids at Vacation Bible School, but God showed us He wanted us to minister to families. 
And so we changed the name Seeds to Seeds Family Worship. Well, fast forward 11 years, we've written songs to over 100 verses of scripture. We just released our ninth album, it's called The Journey. And we feel like we're just beginning to create awesome resources for the church and for the home. Hey guys, today I welcome Brad Weston. Brad is one of the founders of uh, Renewed Vision, the parent company of ProPresenter, Pro Video Player, and others. Brad, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, it's a pleasure. Good to be here. Well, thanks, man. So I'd love to jump into a little bit of your story. You and I have connected a little bit uh, through conferences and different things, but uh, I don't know much of your background. So I'd love to kind of uh, get that story from you, maybe the the birth of Renewed Vision, and kind of give us the uh, the origin story. Uh, okay. Well, I was born in Virginia, and no, I won't go back. Not, go not back. that far. Not that far. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Renewed Vision uh, actually uh, started with ProPresenter, and before it was actually called ProPresenter, it was just a a little side project. Um, I was working for a company that largely did a lot of things in the print industry. So we were automating print pages and that kind of thing for catalogs and for marketing materials and that kind of thing. So uh, my background, uh, my degree in, in college was in computer science and I had a minor in music. So I've always kind of been uh, more of on the creative end of computer science. And yeah. uh, back in the day, uh, I'll show my age here, um, my, my specialty was in doing multimedia, which was at the time uh, CD-ROMs. Those were discs that you put in your computer and would actually oh, be interactive, and that's the way you would actually see the video and that kind of thing. So before the advent of the internet, the way that you would actually entertain yourself with video on a computer largely was through uh, CD-ROMs and interactive CD-ROMs. So uh, jumping back to 1999, um, the company I was with, which was a very, very small company, uh, we were actually charged to do the registration system for uh, passion conferences. And passion at the time was uh, uh, had a vision to create uh, one day, and this is uh, mm-hmm. for one day 2000. Uh, it was just a giant collegiate gathering. Passion uh, conferences is all about college gatherings. Uh, it was a giant collegiate gathering of college students, the largest ever of its kind in uh, outside of Memphis, Tennessee on this big field, Shelby Farms, Tennessee. And in order to raise awareness for that in 1999, they created a, a they had a worship band uh, with a couple of worship leaders that went around and played at different college campuses every night. And so uh, what they wanted for that was that given that they were going to be playing with different size, different size crowds uh, into different types of audiences in these different college gatherings, they wanted the flexibility to uh, sing a chorus several times if the audience is really responding or to just make a song list, uh, a set list up on the fly. And so uh, they knew that I had a background in doing, uh, since we were working on the registration system, we were working closely with them. Uh, we had a background, I had a background in multimedia development as well, as did my partner at the time. And uh, so we just spent a couple of days in creating this, this application that had no editor or whatnot, it just had like 10 different songs, I think. Um, and, and created this application that did the, sl- the song slides as well as allowed for the playback of uh, the vision video. But again, there was no editor in place at all. It just had a, a solid still background, you know, several different selections of different backgrounds, but then the words that would go over it. And uh, yeah, after spending a couple of days, we went over and I remember vividly uh, teaching the original operator how to use this uh, that was going to go on this tour with them. And then um, they're out for a week and then they send me an email and say, hey, here are three more songs. Can you add these in there? So, okay, I'll add those in there. And then a week later, here's four more songs. And so eventually I said, all right, well, let me just create a simple editor for you. 
And, uh, mm. it just kind of, it kind of grew from there. Um, and then, you know, one day happened in uh, the summer of 2000 and I'll never forget, you've got, I've got 30,000 college students behind me and Cam Moss, who was again, the original operator of, uh, of Proper Center, he's sitting right next to me and I've got a laptop, you know, and I'm, I've got this giant LED screen, uh, that I'm looking at here, 30,000 college students behind me and just being able to impact what's going on on that screen, you know, just with the touch of a button. That, that was, uh, it was a very cool experience and uh, one that I, I cherish greatly uh, all those many years ago. Um, so that was kind of the start of ProPresenter. Then uh, I was involved with the production team at my church and uh, they had an interest in it because at the time they were using a program that was similar to PowerPoint called Astound. Uh, it was, uh, anyway. And so, yeah, I started developing it for the church, uh, for my own church, North Point Community Church. And uh, as North Point is very, very influential. Uh, they give a lot of tours to different churches that come and see how they do church. And one of the chief questions that they kept on being asked was, how do you do words for worship? And so um, in 2000, I kind of coined the term ProPresenter, created a logo for it, and kind of sold it on the side for five years. Um, just, you know, be doing my daily business, which again was in the print industry. And then every once in a while, I get an email that, ching, here's a, here's a sale. So uh, we actually grew amongst other influential churches during that time uh, when it was just me. But in 2005, uh, a couple people that I was working with uh, as part of that print industry um, endeavor, uh, we broke off from that and decided to do ProPresenter as a full-time gig. So um, made, you know, kind of rechristened Renewed Vision as a company, uh, as, uh, as partners, and uh, just kind of pursued that avenue to provide quality, high-end uh, uh, experiences for the church. So to be able to play back video and words and uh, do those different things uh, just kind of made it a full-time endeavor. And that's kind of how things started and how we get to where we are now, seven versions later. So, Right. So that's been a journey of, of 15 years uh, since then, and, and obviously seven versions now. Tell me some of the uh, milestones along the way. Obviously, the versions are but uh, maybe hit some highlights along those 15 years and how you've seen it grow. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the original intention uh, of ProPresenter, again, was just to have a, a two-screen worship environment. So you could actually, an operator could see the slides on one screen and manipulate them and change song order or just, you, you could lead songs in a nonlinear fashion. So it was a point-and-click interface where you're always seeing a thumbnail of the slide and affecting what is going on in the output independently of that. Instead uh, of PowerPoint, where I'm looking at what I'm exactly, and in PowerPoint and all these or, other tools, if you uh, even Keynote to this time, you know, right. if you if you want to jump, you got to know what that slide number is and then type right. it in and then enter. And, enter. Yeah. So yeah. the idea was to give the operator the ability to see this song as a whole uh, and then be able to to jump wherever they needed to within the song. So that was kind of the first step with uh, the first version of ProPresenter, but then. Um, in, in version two actually uh, got into, well, actually from the beginning and it behaved this way, but uh, we, we implement this idea of layers where you, you want to have a video loop that's running and be consistent. You don't want to have to set that video background for every single slide. So the idea that you have independent layers going on uh, where you can have a motion background that's running and you can change words over top of that without having the, the video restart every single time that you're clicking on a slide. So that was kind of a, a big deal. And then to be able to do cross dissolves, because uh, for those five years, I wasn't doing cross dissolves between lyrics unless you were actually doing uh, on a still background. So to be able to do 
smooth cross dissolve over motion backgrounds. That that became a big deal. Uh, more and more, churches have gotten into doing uh, you know more live video production. So they're using cameras and, and getting more into a, a traditional broadcast uh, production environment for their video. And so one of the big things that we that big milestones was when we were able to implement our alpha keyer module, which is to give a broadcast quality key and fill uh, on the output. Um, that was a big deal. And that actually got the yeah. interest of a lot more of the, the larger churches like Willow Creek and, and Saddleback or whatnot that were used to doing things with uh, very expensive broadcast uh, CG types of systems and then being able to bring ProPresenter into the mix originally just to do their words for worship but then with the other tools that we added, uh, it, it gave them the ability to just kind of take the place of these really expensive CG systems that they had. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, the next step is to add like the major milestone is the stage display to be able to put content for the people that are on the stage, whether it be the next slide, slide notes. Uh, clock, when did stage display slide. happen? What, about what year did stage display happen? Uh, it was it was before 2010. I think it was with the two th uh, with ProPresenter four that we added the stage display. You know, things get get mixed up in history. Yeah. I'd have to yeah. uh, to look back. But then to just continually add those different enhancements. But one of the cool uh, when we talk about milestones, um, you know, when I started this, and, and it's funny, um, I'm, as we're talking, NAB was uh, canceled this year. NAB is National Association of Broadcasters. It's a gigantic trade show for broadcasters mm -hmm. uh, in television and whatnot. And because of the coronavirus, uh, it, like so many other conferences, were canceled. And um, for the longest time, I, I, I started going with my church. Uh, they were nice enough to actually pay for our tickets to, to go as some key volunteers to go to NAB 20 years ago. And I remember very distinctly that as a, as a as being part of a church that I saw all these different people that were with the church, they'd kind of turn their badges around so that you couldn't see who they were with, or they would do some sort of abbreviation. So it wouldn't be North Point Community Church, it would be NPCC, you know, which sounds kind of like a, a television acronym. Um, but, uh, and the reason was, is because when you'd walk into these high tech booths, you know, the, 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 the sales reps would, as soon as they would find out that you were with the church, it was very common for them to kind of say, um, Oh, oh, you're with the church. Okay, well, let me introduce you to our junior sales rep. He's worked here for three hours, uh, and 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 he can show you, you know, right. stuff from last year or whatnot. And so, um, it was in very much it was very much the case for the church at the time, starting you know like 20 years ago, that it was sort of a trickle down uh, of of technology into the church. And what we've been really, really thrilled to be a part of is this this resurgence of the church not being. Uh, embracing creativity in, in new ways. And in the case of video, it is, you know, getting away from having gigantic and beautiful architected uh, churches and instead yep. do plain box buildings where you can have a, a far more dynamic experience and change the lighting and change the stage design uh, and, and add video elements. Um, so the church has really become the forefront nowadays uh, when are you walk into these different trade show booths or you, you get the attention of these different broadcast broadcast equipment manufacturers you say are with the church and they 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 see dollar signs you know so uh that's, that's kind of a good <laughs> right, thing because we're it, 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 yeah because the church is kind of becoming um the the as it should be the most creative place on the planet so we're we're thrilled that we're we're kind of been a part of that and and as a result of that uh it's been cool because while we serve the church uh, and there's a lot more churches in the 20 mile radius of where I'm sitting right now than there are live event venues and this kind of thing. So while we serve the church and we can make a product that is uh, priced appropriately for the church, um, the 
the technology that we put into it is applicable to sporting venues, to concerts and live staging events and corporate right. events and that kind of thing. So we've kind of gone up the pyramid, you know. And right. uh, so in 2012, uh, it was actually in 2011, I get a call from London uh, with a production company in London. And they were saying, hey, we're, we're investigating using ProPresenter for use in the Olympic Games that are happening next year. Wow, man. And it, it kind of took me by surprise. And I don't take these things too seriously. You know, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. Um, but they were asking for additional features at the time. We were actually already thinking about putting those features into ProPresenter 5. And they did the trial runs and they did, you know, all of their due diligence with regards to the product. And we were chosen. We were the number one choice. The second choice was a $60,000 application mm -hmm. uh, that required special hardware and that kind of thing. So yeah. that was a big deal. And we've been at the last four Olympic Games. Uh, so London, oh. Sochi, uh, Rio, and Pyeongchang. Um, that's and awesome, all man. the different venues for the for the audience, the spectators, uh, and and uh, all the people that are actually going to to see the uh, these events. They can it's used for commercial playback and lower thirds for the yeah. live video productions that are happening in those different places. But uh, found ourselves in lots of other different places as well. You know, whether it be in Vegas, it, it, you know, for digital signage or you know, sports right. booths. Uh, yeah, Disney, sports, Apple, Disney. Yeah, uh, all these different places, yeah. uh, and and a lot of them we don't even know about because you know all of our business is literally usually done online. Uh, we right, don't talk right. to these customers, right? And uh, we don't even know like Sochi. We didn't even know they were using it until uh, at a trade show. The guys that wow. were doing it came Amazing, by and said, man. "Hey, we used it at the at the Olympics last month." Wow, well, that's really? incredible, man. Yeah, I'm sure. It's pretty cool. Um, all right, so get us into Pro Seven. Uh, so I'm going to talk with Cody Patterson uh, from your team next week about some of the specific features of Pro Seven. But I want to talk to you more about uh, kind of the theory behind the build, why the change, why the update, and and all that. So um, get us in there. What what were you hearing? Uh, what were you experiencing with Pro Six that led you on the path to Pro Seven? Yeah. Um... <clears throat> we have been, again, having a heart for the church and being a part of that, uh, of, of the church community for so long. Uh, we really want to provide tools that enable the church to do what they want to do to communicate the gospel creative in creative ways, right? Yeah. And so I'm very grateful myself, again, being a 20-year volunteer of North Point Community Church, that I've, I'm, I'm a part of an organization that is uh, very creative. Other people in it, you know, we, we've been involved with Passion City Church and Passion Conferences for a long time. Uh, certainly, uh, those those guys are are very creative, and so they allow us to, um, you know, when they have an idea, uh, hey, we want to do these really weird trapezoidal-looking screens, and can you do words on an angle, and can you, you know, at the same time, we want to put the words on a ribbon because we're in a big stadium. This is not a problem that churches typically have. They're not typically in stadiums with a ribbon board and that kind of thing. So all of the development that we actually do is really with the heart to just provide the tool that is necessary to do the job. And uh, that's, that's kind of what's fueled our, our passion and our, our flame for, for these this so many years. So ProPresenter 7 is just kind of taking the next logical step with that. And uh, the key, the heart of, of ProPresenter 7 is it's, uh, well, ProPresenter in general is its display engine. Uh, the display engine is, you know, we want to have the very best video uh, playback possible um, for so that it's appropriate for churches, but it's also appropriate for, you know, broadcast news stations and the Olympics and Disney and all these other things. So uh, what more and more people are doing with the advent of 
having screens on the stage in addition to the two side screens, the iMag screens that uh, that people see. Uh, there's there's web streams, so there's this need to have multiple outputs from a computer. We have customers that have wanted to have multiple stage displays, that have wanted to have a, a teaching display, that want to have a separate feed for you know doing a uh, uh, a large, wide, edge-blended screen or a lyric banner, you know, that just shows the lyrics while simultaneously showing lower thirds on the outputs and that kind of thing. So the real heart of ProPresenter 7 was to just kind of rip things apart and say, all right, we want to do multi-screen. We've done multi-screen for a long time, uh, but it required uh, a specific box because basically we were um, using a, yeah, the box being a triple head to go or a, a matrox dual head to go. These are boxes that take a really wide image from your computer because when you plug it in, your computer sees a display that's three times wider than a normal display and then cuts it into three separate pieces. Well, then we would layer, uh, uh, turn on or off the different layers as you wished to those different outputs, um, which then the box would take this really wide output and split it into what, you know, appeared to be three distinct uh, images. Well, that's, that worked fairly well, and we, uh, I think we were the number one reseller of those Matrox boxes for a long mm -hmm. time. But uh, clearly the problem therein is you don't have the ability to do the alpha key infill. You don't have the ability to uh, show different content on different screens and whatnot. So our, our, or, or to do, you know, SDI output, that kind of thing. So um, our, our vision for Pro 7 really started with the whole display methodology and, and what can we actually do to create multiple displays to give the flexibility that people wanted for their environments, whether to have multiple stage displays, whether to have, you know, a large uh, lyric ribbon at the same time that they're sending a, a different feed to uh, their, their web streams or what, whatnot. So that is really kind of the big killer feature of Pro 7 is what we actually did with the display engine and being able to have uh, multiple displays because we heard from a lot of different customers and saw lots of different uh, environments where this was going to add a lot of, of, power uh, to their environment, a lot of yeah. uh, flexibility. So you guys have um, also really retooled the, the, the UI uh, yeah. as well. So walk me through kind of the thinking behind changing the user interface. So uh, yeah, so, so and that's, a, you know, changing the user interface. Um, it's, it's a, it's a big leap, you know, it's really, right. really hard to make, uh, you know, as Apple would say, to have the courage, <laughs> uh, to have the courage to get rid of that headphone port. Uh, no, it's a, it's a big <laughs> deal. So it was, it was a big consideration for us because we've been conditioned ourselves. I mean, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. I'm conditioned that I want to see that preview window in the upper left. I want to see my libraries and playlists and underneath that. And I want to see, you know, it's hard to move things around. So the first step with doing the, the user interface is we did want to make it dark. Dark mode seems to be getting more and more popular. Yeah, but especially in, the case in of tech environments. Uh, yeah, particularly in tech environments. And in, in a presentation system, it makes all the more sense to have a darker, uh, darker interface because then your content can really show through. You want to mm -hmm. highlight the content that you're actually showing and let the interface just kind of um, bleed into the background or play the supporting role, as we like to say it in, in, in the marketing terms. And so making things dark, that was easy. Uh, but then we also wanted to just say, hey, is this really the right way uh, to, to interact with the product? Um, you know, we had the ability, you know, you saw the library at the same time you saw your playlist, at the same time that you saw the content items that were in the playlist. And it made for, uh, in this small little space on the left-hand side, it just, it could get uh, very confusing because there were just so many different window panes 
um, that were sitting over there. And so we wanted to just say, all right, usually whenever you're doing an event, you want to have ready access to the content that you have pre-programmed. So you really just want to see your playlist. But then if you want to mix things up, we wanted to have ready access to uh, to be able to find uh, those those presentations. So to do a quick command F, you know, on, I'm I'm on the Mac personally. I'm yeah. constantly using uh, Spotlight. I hit Command Spacebar, and it immediately pops up. So we kind of designed uh, the search uh, window much like um, much like Spotlight, you know, because we all have used that so often. So to 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 not get in the way uh, and not clutter up an interface, the idea behind the user interface is to not clutter it up with a whole lot of buttons. Make these things available. Uh, these tools available should you need them, but don't up. clutter up the interface with a lot of excess buttons and whatnot, um, but rather make things clean, uh, make things simple, and to to kind of hide those different tools that once you, yes, it's not so obvious, you don't have this giant toolbar that's sitting there, uh, so you, it, it, you have to dig around a little bit, but once you do it once, you'll know where to find it. Right. Uh, so. You know, we did a lot of user interface testing with uh, the guys that are in the office. And again, there was kind of a, a shift in, in yeah. thinking. Just say, all right, just let it, let, let, let's get your feedback. Uh, and then we did uh, some, with our beta testers, you know, we put it out there. And um, and honestly, we had a, some anxiety about it because we thought, you know, are, are people going to It's gonna a like big this? leap. It is a big leap. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm grateful that we got a lot of really positive feedback from users that were even brand new that just said, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense because you're starting with uh, your presentation. The presentation begets the contents of that presentation, the slides and the media and that kind of thing. So it goes from, well, from your perspective, uh, right, right. from the left-hand side to the middle where you can see the content and then the, the, the right-hand side of the interface is showing your preview and, and that kind of thing. So um it's almost like a flow chart of, of how things actually work until yeah. you get to your final output. So uh, that was that was a big change in the user interface. And we had to make a big change in the user interface just as it relates to uh, all the different screens and how we're doing the screen outputs and that kind of thing. Right, so right. Um, diving into that, boy, it took us a long time because we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to get so confusing. Uh, and thankfully, I think we've been able to successfully create something that is easy to use and easy to understand whenever you're doing some pretty complex things under the hood. So. So tell me about the the Windows uh, upgrade or or uh, Windows speci specifically. Yeah. You guys are, are may, have made some changes there in, yeah. in how the platform sits in Mac and sits in Windows. Tell me about that. Um, so the ProPresenter has been made for the Mac originally, uh, and it wasn't until version four that we came out with the Windows version. Uh, we did not have a team in place that had any Windows software development experience. And so we went outside of the company to say, all right, can we find some, some people that can do this well? And uh, yeah, so we did outsource our development of the Windows product uh, for version four and for uh, most of version five. And then we realized, you know what? Uh, while they did a good job with those things, we wanna, we wanna bring it in-house. Um, when you're dealing with code, and particularly a complex and large code base like ProPresenter, it's really, really hard um, to bring somebody on board and just have them get into the code uh, because there's so much nuance uh, when you're dealing with user interfaces and, and uh, the functions, um, you know, the, the way things function, a lot of it is contextual, you know, so the behavior of, uh, of, a, of when you click on a slide, it's, there's a lot of nuance in, in, well, are you holding down a modifier key or... Uh, the hotkeys, there's a lot of different hidden things, you know, uh, there's hotkeys to make a slide live, there's numbers to make a slide live, uh, in ProPresenter we have the, the special keyboard commands to 
move everything that's after the cursor to a new slide if you hold down the option key and hit return and these kinds of things. So digging into code and seeing how things work from a code standpoint, it's very, very difficult to kind of follow along with what's going on there. Um, and so uh, ProPresenter 6 had, had been out, you know, for, for over four years. Uh, and we, so, so we didn't want to, we had a choice. Uh, we had developers on the Windows platform that were just telling us, oh my gosh, it's so hard for us to understand what's gone on with this code that was developed by, uh, by a third party. Uh, we'd really like to just start from scratch. Um, mm. And so they went for a time and we're just kind of rebuilding what Pro 6 was. Um, and we wanted to go to 64-bit. We wanted to get every bit of the, the capabilities out of these Windows machines. Um, and then, you know, we wanted to do things the right way. So one of the big things with regards to Pro 7 that people don't really uh, know is that there's this, um, the heart of Pro 7 is what we call Pro Core. And this is actually a shared code base between both platforms. And so when the, the best software, uh, the best line of code is the Steve Jobs quote, or at least I think it's the Steve Jobs quote, he'll get attribution anyway. Uh, the best <laughs> line of code is the code that, you know, is the line of code that you never have to write. The idea is that you, you, it, it, it's, silly to have to write the same code on two different platforms. If we could actually, uh, and for the longest time, our, our render engine has been uh, a shared code base between Mac and Windows. Now we've actually grown that into a lot of the user interface and the logic that's going in to the system. So we built this big pro core engine mm -hmm. that is shared between both platforms. And uh, we've been thrilled with how uh, our Windows users have, have embraced um, uh, ProPresenter 7 and, and just seen how much, how, 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 how well it works. Uh, we have, um, we've had lots and lots of Windows customers that are using it successfully, but usually, it, you know, for the longest time, uh, grateful that, uh, you know, people kind of recommend ProPresenter, but it's kind of under the breath. There's a lot of, you know, get it on a Mac, you know? And so we just wanted to break that paradigm because frankly, there's a whole lot of flexibility that you get with Windows hardware. There's a lot of hardware manufacturers. You can get boxes that have PCIe slots that don't cost $6,000. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that's very appealing to us. And so we've got a great team of Windows developers that have the uh, experience to do Windows well, and uh, a great team of people that are that are working towards again that that, that Pro Core engine. And so we don't want to have um, any kind of uh, compromise on either platform. We want both platforms to run really, really well. And so we're thrilled that it's been uh, it's been such a, such a success for both platforms. What are some of the bugs that you're that you've recognized and that you've seen that will come out in further updates? Yeah, so one of the things we knew that this was going to happen uh, with any kind of complex software, and you see it from the big companies as well. Um, remarkably, we actually hired uh, an engineer from Microsoft, and and I thought, you know what? Um, uh, I'll say this: with any large code base, uh, you you have to get more developers. The, the more developers that you add, it doesn't necessarily speed up the development, right? Uh, because it's more complex code that you're actually working with and you then have to work as a team and whatnot. Um, so we hired a, a recent engineer hire that we, uh, we hired from Microsoft and he was working on the office team. Um, and I was saying, you know, uh, I, I can imagine, you look at the iPhone, the iPhone, the original iPhone, there was uh, maybe a hundred developers that were working on that, you know, whereas today Apple's got thousands and thousands of developers that are working on iOS and, and, and Mac OS. Same thing with Microsoft Office, and this is as I was talking to uh, our new hire, I said, you know, I'm sure that Microsoft Office, when it was in the early 80s, it was, you know, a few dozen or a couple hundred people. 
uh, who knows how many office uh, engineers they have working on it now. And he immediately said, oh, there's 5,000. And I said, 5,000? Yeah, there's about 5,000 people worldwide that are working on Microsoft Office. And it's like, and I know that Microsoft Office incorporates a lot, but beyond Word, Excel, and like, you have the whole cloud right, yeah, mechanism yeah. And, and iPad and you know, all the different iterations of it. But I can't fathom having that many engineers. Uh, to which I say, my gosh, couldn't they have done better? <laughs> I'm not a big Office fan. But anyway, that doesn't really answer your question. Uh, I'm trying to get back to... Uh, to your um, original question with regards to the, uh, the bugs or the quirks, uh, ProPresenter 7 um, has the, we, we did the most vigorous testing or rigorous testing that we've ever done with the product with ProPresenter 7. Um, to be honest, we knew when we released it that there were bugs because you can't ever release software right. without, yeah. you know, the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worthy goal to release software without bugs, but we just wanted to make sure that, hey, would it do what people want it to do? But even then, there's a lot of unknowns. When you get sure. software out in the environment, particularly with regards to uh, you know the different combinations of how people use things, right? Um, it's uh, it's important to you know get the user feedback and to, then to respond. And so we already kind of cleared our development slate and said, hey, we're going to work on bug fixes very very quickly and, and rapidly. And uh, we've been very successful in doing that. You know every. Every other week, we've done a release since we announced it, and we uh, are working on bot five as we speak, and uh, certainly the release by the time uh, you're seeing this. So, um, it's uh, and those those problems uh, in large part, you know, it can be the combination of different hardware that you're actually using to see that, uh, or the combination of different outputs. Again, when are you dealing with FBI outputs or NDI outputs for these different kinds of things, um, and then uh, just different. Uh, machine setups in general. So yeah, we're just kind of tackling them as they come in, and uh, we're really hopeful that by you know over the, the course of the next uh, several weeks that we're going to get all of those known issues down to a minimum. So, all right, a couple of a couple of last questions for you that that we got in that people wanted to ask you about. All right, so I'll just hit you with these one by one. All right, so when can we expect some of the updates for things like the master slave module for churches that are using slave machines to run? four or five or more screens? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And we get that an awful lot. Uh, so Master Control did take a backseat. And when we were re releasing ProPresenter 7, there were some things that didn't, didn't get in there. Um, we don't have DVD playback in ProPresenter 7. Uh, so there's half a dozen people that are really upset that well, we don't have... What is DVD? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because uh, times change. You know, We had to take out the social media functions uh, with Instagram and Twitter because... Facebook and Twitter, you know, changed their user agreements for developers to, yeah, and it's, hey, it's not as popular as it once was because it's not as, as novel of an idea. Uh, right. I really loved doing that, you know, when I was working live events, I loved interacting with uh, uh, audiences in that capacity. But anyway, we just said, you know, when we released ProPresenter 7, the idea was what do 90% of our customers want to do? Right. Let's get it out there. We have the ability to do the multi-screen thing, so you could do a lower third at the same time you're doing full-screen words with a different format or whatnot. And uh, that was, in large part, the way that a lot of the people that were looking for the master control functionality, that is what they were using it for, was a different means of showing the same kind of content. Um, others were using you know, different languages and that kind of thing, uh, or different formats and whatnot. So, when we released ProPresenter 7, again, we wanted to, we knew we weren't going to satisfy the needs of everybody, but we wanted to actually get something out there so that we can then have a conversation. Um, again, 
we're not doing anything in a vacuum. We want to get the feedback from our users. So whenever people ask us about master control, my immediate question is, okay, how are you using master control? And some of them, yeah, it is, it, it, it has shown that, yeah, we do need to have some kind of functionality where we can control another machine. Um, in our PVP product, uh, uh, PVP Pro Video Player, uh, we added the, this REST API, this ability to actually control and pull the strings of, of PVP uh, through, an, uh, through external interfaces. It's our own protocol, if you will. Uh, we look, to, look forward to implement that same kind of thing in, in ProPresenter, which I think will satisfy the needs uh, of doing, you know, sort of a slave backup machine uh, that, that some of those people that were using master control uh, are doing. So we're just looking at the right way to go about doing things. And in some of those cases, it's not going to be with master control. So when I, people, and myself included, I tend to look through solutions based on a given set of, of tools. Well, I had the master control tool, so I want master control because I'm looking at the tool. That's the reason I always say, well, what is it that you're looking to do? Because I think that we've got some things that we, some ideas that are going to make uh, what you were thinking you needed master control to do, we're going to make it a whole lot better by doing things in a, in a slightly different way. So I'm excited to actually share those different things. So what are uh, some features that you've heard that churches have loved and what kind of tops the tops the list to, to know that you're going to improve it, work on it? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, so the, certainly the display capabilities, the ability mm -hmm. to show uh, multiple Bibles. What's really fun um, is seeing how and the revelation, even when we were doing the limited beta uh, with our users is to see the, people were using the multi-screen stuff in ways that we didn't even fathom them using. Mm. Um, you know, we have a team of developers here. We were having uh, outputs, uh, you know, when you're doing, dealing with multiple displays, we don't have the desk space for every developer to have five different displays on their desk, mm, right? right? So we have the ability to do um, uh, sub displays, which is to say you can all right, divide up a, a single output into uh, four or five separate screens or however you want to work that. And, Suddenly that became a revel revelatory to say, you know what? You could actually have the operator could have a stage display so they could see what's going out to all their different displays at one time. Um, the new stage display capabilities of being able to see live elements of all the different slides uh, or all the different outputs at once is, is a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. the, and, and it's been very, very popular. Uh, the ability to have the multiple stage displays, certainly the ability to do everything through SBI has been very, very popular because it's just a very easy means of adding lots of different outputs. Um, yeah, and again, it's just a matter of, it's great, we provide these tools, uh, but it's, it's, it's really, really creative the way that people are actually using those different tools uh, right. and interacting with it, so. All right, tell me about some of the integrations that Pro has with some other tools like Planning Center, CCLI, that sort of thing. Is there anything that's updated or changed with those integrations? Yeah, well, CCLI, uh, songs, I'm sorry. Planning Center has, has updated their API and we're using their new API for doing different things and, uh, and have done some different tweaks along the way. You know, my church <laughs> has uh, their Planning Center account accounts for uh, six different church campuses. And so there's a tremendous amount of data that is, is going in there. So we've worked with the guys at Planning Center to actually develop a means because it was actually with their new API, they were kind of doing data limiting and whatnot. So, you know, um, there's, we have a large variety of customers from the, from the 50 person sanctuary to the, you know, 3000 or 10,000 in the case of uh, some churches, one church in Houston in particular, uh, these, uh, you know, large, large sanctuaries. And so, um, you know, we kind of hit the whole spectrum. So we we're grateful to have the partnerships that we have with 
uh, Song Select and with uh, uh, Planning Center and, and so many others that we can actually uh, work with them to develop the right solutions for different things. One of the things, you know, in ProPresenter 6, every single time we did a, a song search query, uh, we were automatically doing Song Select lookups. Right. And that put a tremendous burden on their servers every Sunday morning because, you know, everybody's doing a search for songs and not even necessarily needing to see the song collect results. But that did take, a, it made a whole lot of queries on the server. You separated those out, right? We did. We, did. we separated them out for, for two different reasons. One is because we did want to limit the amount of time it was taking, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the load on the server uh, and not to do those unnecessary queries. Uh, but then also, you know what? It is a different mentality. Uh, I want to see my library uh, and if I don't have it in my library, then I want to do the song select search. So it mm -hmm. make it very, very easy to switch those things. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, you just kind of have to develop things on the fly to to fit the needs, you know, in, in the environments that you're actually in. Okay, here's a question that came in for you: Are the multi-screen and MIDI integrations good to go? Talk to me about those two things. Uh, good to go. Well, we're we're constantly looking at things we did make some <laughs> tweaks to the midi uh to the midi system because you know we started out with the key mapping uh and the different things that we were actually doing with midi based on what pro 6 had uh in the notes that pro 6 had and then we uh, but, but we've added new capabilities in pro 7 so it didn't make any sense um, um it, yeah Unfortunately, we actually did change some notes, uh, which then kind of messed some people up. So then we said, all right, well, we're going to read your settings if you already have existing settings. But yeah, we make tweaks along the way. Um, but as far as I'm aware, uh, we're, we're, we're good to go or soon, soon will be um, with, with regards to everything, with regards to MIDI. So yeah. again, we're constantly taking the feedback that we've gotten. We've got a great process between our support team and the development team to actually communicate all the different uh, nuances <laughs> uh, and uh, small quirks that people are actually seeing to make sure that they've got a high quality experience. So, so, all right, last question for you. What should we expect over the next couple of years from renewed vision? How are you guys yeah, so this is, helping us lead the way? This is what I'm really excited about. Um, and when we released ProPresenter 7, we also released this new thing that is ProPresenter Plus. Now what is ProPresenter Plus? First, I want to be very, very clear. ProPresenter is not a subscription. Uh, we did a poll several years ago from our users, and I think people are kind of getting subscription fatigue because we have Disney Plus, Netflix, all these different services as consumers. And, uh, you know, certainly Adobe went to a subscription model and Microsoft went to a subscription model and whatnot. The problem with the subscription model uh, is, one, you just get so many different charges on your credit card every month, and it's just hard to manage all of that. Secondly, uh, a lot of the different uh, church customers or whatnot, they're, they're wanting to buy churches because they are, they want to, they want to buy equipment because their equipment budget is done, uh, like as a project, you know, so they, they say, Hey, we're getting, we're going to, with this year's, um, tech budget, we're going to get two screens and two projectors and, you know, our license of pro presenter. So we, we, we recognize that there needs to be the ability to kind of plan for that. And like I said, there was a lot of work that was done with ProPresenter since ProPresenter 6 over four years ago uh, until ProPresenter 7. And there was work that was actually done on there that you didn't actually see. Like two years ago, we had the new editor in place. So you could actually, you know, have all these different new objects and gradients and all that kind of stuff. We couldn't put it into people's hands because our business cycle required that we, relay, that we delay everything to come out with this giant release. Right. And so... We want to have the ability to have a perpetual license. That is a traditional software license that you own. It will always work forever. We still have people that are still using ProPresenter 
four. I don't know if there's anybody that's using ProPresenter three anymore, but uh, um, so there, a lot of churches, they want to own the license and just use it forever without having to, to put any more money into it. And that software will continue to work uh, forever so long as you don't upgrade your machine. Um, one of the things that we've actually encountered over the last several years is that with the rapid changes that Apple is making, that Microsoft is making to their operating system, there was, that required a lot of maintenance for us to go back and retool and, and fix these different problems. Because even though ProPresenter is kind of seemingly a, a niche product, it affects a large part. I mean, we're using the resources because we're showing videos, we're showing images, we're showing, you know, a text rendering, and we're doing all these different things with the, it, from a, from a, computer capability standpoint, we're really taking advantage of lots of different things that the computer is capable of. So when our operating systems change, that causes us a lot of pain because right. we have to go back and, and, and uh, maintain existing software. So uh, with the advent of ProPresenter 7, we have a very, very great foundation upon which to build so that we can actually shorten the feedback cycle, not only for bug fixes like I've already talked about, but also for new features so we can actually listen to our customers and see what it is that they want to do and be able to develop new features that are significant and deliver it on a regular basis. Our, our, our goal is that, uh, you know, over the course of a year, you're going to have three, four, five really, really great new features uh, and functionality that you're going to get that you don't have to pay uh, um, or, you know, a, a giant amount to upgrade. So right. the way that this works is, yes, we, you, you're buying the license uh as a one time and you own that uh and you'll get all updates ma major or minor for uh, a 12 month period and then after that time to get additional updates if you want them you just subscribe to our ProPresenter plus uh re-up your ProPresenter plus subscription that which is not subscription i'm sorry your ProPresenter plus contract or, or agreement and what that gives you uh is another 12 months of of major and minor upgrades um the benefit of that is that it allows us as a business to continue operating with, uh, with you know, frankly, over four years, that, that revenue stream went down, you know, and we're still right. trying to, to maintain a product. Uh, right. But it's, you know, this method allows us to kind of know uh, and have a, a predictable revenue stream, while at the same time, uh, at a price that is less than what we would have to add, have as an annual subscription. Right. Uh, ProPresenter Plus is, is far less than what we would have if it was an actual subscription. It allows you to get these major uh, upgrades and, and major new features uh, far more quickly. And so we're really, really excited about that. In addition to that, we decided, you know, we're going to throw in all of the different modules into ProPresenter 7 and just have one version. You get everything that we've had to offer. Previously, we offered additional functionality at a cost. Yeah. We put all of that in there. So the whole idea of ProPresenter uh, seven is just and, and ProPresenter Plus is to just add a tremendous amount of value uh, for the money that you're you're entrusting us with, uh, and we want to honor those funds because we know how important it is. Uh, you know, people are tithing to their churches; they're giving. Yep. We want to be good stewards with the funds that you have been good stewards and, and uh, giving us uh, those those funds for for what we do. So yeah, I want people to understand that 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 recurring model we we've shifted to the same thing. It helps us do more ministry consistently instead of it being this kind of weird, you know, top heavy of the year or weird financially. You know, it, it helps us even it out so that we can keep the team in place to create more content, create more updates, create more software tools, whatever the case may be for for the church. So um, hopefully people understand that. Um, awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been super informative for me and, uh, man, I I'm so grateful for, for your time today. Oh, appreciate it.
been fun. Hey guys, I wanted to take 30 seconds to tell you about our brand new church online graphics package service pack on our website. This collection of media is perfect for your online worship experience. It comes with a five-minute countdown, an online worship experience opener, animated lower thirds, title motions, still graphics, motion backgrounds, a service close, and more. You can check it out today at 1230.media forward slash worship media. 1230.media forward slash worship media. The show notes for this episode are available now at makingsundayhappen.com. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. I hope that our time with Brad has really given you a better understanding of ProPresenter and the new version 7 of the software. Next week, we'll dive into specific features of Pro 7 with Cody Patterson from Renewed Vision, so be here for that. But before I leave you today, I want you to check out our Church Online Tips web series on our website. We've been releasing new videos nearly every day to give you short tips and tricks on how to enhance your online worship experiences. Lots of great content there for you to check out. Uh, The page also includes a 75-page mega guide uh, on crafting your online worship experience. We're calling it the Church Online Guide. Uh, It's a resource that we're really excited about. You can check it out at 1230.media forward slash church online. That's 1230.media forward slash church online. You can check out both the guide there and our entire web series is free. The book's only 15 bucks on the site and uh, the entire web series is completely free. They're at 1230.media forward slash church online. Well, we love you guys. We're here for you. Go out there and create some incredible worship experiences at your church this weekend. I'll catch you next week. Making Sunday Happen is a production of the Ministry of 1230 Media. For show notes, archive episodes, and more free resources for your church, visit makingsundayhappen.com.